edition of the Nerd Watch Podcast. This is part two of the best of 2017 at the movies. I, of course, am G Money. I am joined by the gaming guru himself, Hawaii Film Critics Society member. It is Format. Also joining us tonight is uh, my cinema soulmate, the reason why I watch movies. Uh, and uh, he is the professor of cinema. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Professor Barry in the house. And last but not least, the newest friend to the Nerd Watch uh, from now. This is Entertainment on Instagram. It is our friend and uh, hopefully future Hawaii Film Critics Society member. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Aaron in the house tonight Yay, as well. Uh, movie professional uh, that he is. So, uh, John J. Murakami, who is in the chat, thank you for joining John us Jay. as well. Facebook Live is where you can watch us at facebook.com slash nerdwatch. Follow us on um, Follow us on Facebook. You guys can listen to us on iTunes and on Audio Boom and through Stitcher as well. Whichever platform is, works for you um, uh, is where we, where you can find us. So uh, check us out there. Also, you can follow us on Facebook at, like I said, facebook.com slash nerdwatch. Follow us on Twitter at Nerdwatch Nation. Follow us on Instagram at the underscore nerdwatch. And more importantly, which I didn't, re- didn't remember to talk about last episode, Patreon. Patreon.com slash the nerdwatch. DJ, a follow of ours and a friend of the show, recommended that uh, if for those that make like a 10 or $20 donation to the Patreon page, they get to pick a topic for the week. I think that's a good idea. I think I'm going to do that. Yeah, I like it's it. A, it's, it's a great cool. job. It's yeah. great stuff. So, uh, DJ, good on you, sir, for bringing up that idea. I think we're going to steal it. Do we... Do we now give DJ twenty bucks? Nah, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. No? Yeah, I guess he no. gets part of the payment. I guess. I don't uh, know but what, uh, what do we do now? All your money goes to uh, uh, benefiting the program, uh, p- getting a, a better video and audio product out there to you guys, uh, and more platforms, and possibly maybe a pizza or two for these guys so they can eat. So, and that's about it. So that's <laughs> great. <laughs> possibly. Anyway. We were talking about, in part one, some of the best movies of 2017. Professor Barry was breaking down uh, some of the great movies uh, of 2017. We're going to continue that, and we're also going to talk about uh, some, uh, some, some gems that uh, some of you may have missed, some, uh, some of the movies that you may have missed that, uh, that were very good that not enough people saw. Yeah, like Gem. <laughs> <laughs> good movie, by the way. That's 2016, though, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> um, and then uh, we'll, wa- uh, we'll talk uh, a little bit about some local films as well. Uh, coming what? up here very shortly. So, Professor Barry, uh, I'm going to hand it over to you again to get us started, and then we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll feed off of of your energy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. So, lots to live up to. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. get the feeding. oh, just just jump in there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Go for it. You know, I want to give a shout out to this movie that that came out last year. It made a big splash at the Sundance Film Festival, and it had a tiny to completely invisible run in theaters. <clears throat> it's on Hulu now. It's this film called Columbus. It stars John Cho. It's the first time John Cho has ever been the star lead of a film by himself. Yes. And the co-star, I believe, is Haley Lou Richardson, who is one of the kidnapped young women in Split. And it's a, it's uh, describing it as a love story is kind of underselling it. It's about these two very different individuals who bond over their love for art, and it's about their 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 bond and their their relationship growing as they spend time in uh, Columbus, Indiana. Oddly enough, it's that's where it takes place, and uh, it, it's a dialogue-driven movie. It's kind of a it, it, you could definitely compare it to the before movies, before Sunrise and whatnot. Um, I love this film, and it's available on Hulu, and I hope that people will give it a shot because it's, it's a beautiful film. And it's, and it's so refreshing to see John Cho, who I think really is a leading man and a really great actor, to finally see him in a role that's like – I mean, you know, obviously he's great in Star Trek. He's 
Harold and Kumar. He's great in so many movies. Yeah. But this is this. I've, I saw this film and I thought, you know, this guy really needs to be a leading man. We don't. Not only do we not have many Asian Americans leading American mm-hmm. movies, but this is a guy who has the chops. Not only as a romantic lead, but just as a dramatic lead. Um, I who's, love the film. Who's the, who's the filmmaker on that one? The filmmaker, I'm glad you asked, written and directed by a filmmaker named Kogo Nada. First thing that Kogo Nada has ever directed. It's a debut film. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Nice. Uh, so you can check that out on Hulu right now? It's on Hulu, yeah. Now, did it get a theatrical run? It did. Very limited. never came here. I think, you know, I think Oahu got it, of course. Uh, but no, it, it never came to Maui. Oh, it never did. Yeah. Uh, there was also a couple of other movies that uh, smaller movies. Since we're talking about smaller movies, yeah. let's get to that. Uh, one that's getting a lot of praise is uh, a movie you guys saw together, The Florida Project. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that is directed yeah. by the guy who did uh, was Tangerine. Tangerine. Yeah. Yeah. That was a movie he shot exclusively on his iPhone. Yes. Very um, well, by the and way. And very well. Yeah. Um, Florida Project with Willem Dafoe, who I, I, I love his work. Yeah. Uh, how was that? Oddly enough, I have very mixed feelings about the film. I was not in love with it like I was Tangerine. Um, my problem with Florida Project, the best thing about it is that you're watching this film and it's it's like it, it doesn't even feel like a movie. It feels like the camera is just picking up people. Yeah. The performances are so natural. It, that is the brilliance of the film. Yeah. Uh, you're watching the film. You kind of even forget that it's a movie and the plot kind of sneaks up on you. And it really does it really does transport you. And it, there is a real compassion to the movie. My problem with the film is I found it redundant and tedious. And as I told Aaron, um, I don't pride myself. I, I don't. I tend to never be one of those people to say like, "Well, the ending ruined the movie." I, I don't feel like endings have that kind of power over a great film. In this case, I do feel like the ending is is, is a disaster. Interesting. I think it really undermines the movie. Uh, this is a film that we uh, that has been making the uh, I guess you could say the the movie festival circuit. Yeah. Um, and been doing rather well. Critically uh, acclaimed. Critically doing acclaimed. Well in theaters. Yeah. Uh, it, it is, and uh, that should be hitting. I'm assuming it's going to be hitting uh, uh, February 13th on Blu-ray. Thank you. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. What do you she think? She just of that? won an award, though. Brooklyn Prince, the yeah. six year old. Six year old. Wow. And her speech was like better than most. Mm. Adults, it was yeah. pretty amazing. Probably better than Oprah's. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on. <laughs> Not um, that. Good. Um, <laughs> did you? Can I ask you something about the Florida Project? Yeah. That that uh, is this was this movie? I know that it was rated R. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Was there a reason for that? I mean, especially with the such a young is actress. Very harsh. Oh, it's, co- it's very yeah. coarse. Gotcha. That's why. Um, it's pretty pretty much for that. Yeah, really. I can't think of any other. Yeah, other it wasn't. But like, like Barry, I, I was mixed during the movie. Because I just didn't like the way the kids were acting. They were very nasty and very uh, disrespectful. And it was hard to like them because they're so disrespectful and so nasty. Uh-huh. But, you know, it was part of her lifestyle. So, And ever since then, I haven't stopped thinking about that movie. Mm. And when you really look at it, it actually is a great movie deep down. And it's number seven on my list. Wow. Sure. Fascinating. And William Dafoe is like just, I don't He's pretty mesmerizing. He's wonderful. Willem Dafoe is fantastic in just about anything. And then the, the sorry, but the girl who plays um, Brooklyn Prince's mom never acted in her life, like like Barry was amazing. saying. Yeah, and she does an amazing job. She was um, discovered on Instagram, really by, by Sean Baker. Can I, can I? Yeah. Speaking of movies that that um, that you think about, can I say there's a movie that I think about and that I've thought oh, about yeah, for a long time? Me too. Same here. Uh, <laughs> I already know. And I think he knows. Baywatch. 
on multiple occasions. Uh, no, yeah. uh, mother. Mm, I for Barry, <laughs> I have yeah. to tell you, if you guys have not seen Mother, it yeah. is an experience. Don't let that crap about it getting an F score yeah. scare you away. Because so many people are like, well, I got an F score. Uh, look at uh, yeah. the other movies, the other grades on that site yeah. that have have gotten scores, and particularly an F score. Uh, you'd find that Mother is in good company, and those yeah. scores don't always always reflect the quality of those films. It's interesting to me that Mother. Um, was and for and you we watched it all we all watched it together yeah um i wasn't a fan uh, by the end of the film um but i was i was i was a i was a fan of the themes of the movie um and but i also and it wasn't perfect but for some reason it really got to me and by the end of the film i was like you know i don't think i'd ever watch this again and then for a good three weeks afterward I every, I kept thinking about it, yeah. and I kept thinking about it, and I kept thinking about it. You know, thinking about Jen, uh, Jennifer Lawrence's um, uh, performance, Michelle Pfeiffer and Ed Harris, who were fantastic in the movie, um, and it just—it's ironic how you you feel like some of it just kind of leads up to uh, almost nothing. And then there there are themes that you think about in your head and go maybe that's what he was talking about maybe that's what they were maybe that was what he was trying to convey maybe Javier Bardem is this narcissistic god that is trying to recreate over and over again and these are the kind of interesting themes that I think even if the movie isn't good the fact that I'm thinking about it and I'm trying to reanalyze it makes me go <laughs> This might be better than I expected or better than I'm giving it credit for because I'm the guy who's thinking about it over and over again. I don't know about you guys. Did you guys feel that way too? Still, Yeah. Still to this day, I can't stop thinking about it. Every time I go to Target or Walmart, I always pick up the Blu-ray and I want to buy it. Right. Because... But then I don't. Right. Right. It's like this. It's like this. It's 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 a struggle. It's this internal struggle. Like, do I am I going to watch this again? Am I going to am I going to sit through this again? Because, but I I have to tell you something. And this is one of my favorite things about movies. I love, and I'm I don't know how format feels the same way that I feel about it or you guys feel about it, but. I love it when movies make me feel uncomfortable. Mm. Not in not in like nope. political theology <laughs> sense or anything like I that. I like it when I leave the theater feeling all happy <laughs> and, and at peace with myself. Like I love I like Those are the best movies. <laughs> I like Neil I like Neil Labute's work. That's stuff that makes me feel uncomfortable. Like uh. like Lakeview Terrace or like Nurse Betty, which is a little un- I think for some reason that makes me that movie makes me a little uncomfortable. Sure, sure. Uh, Nurse Betty and th- like his work. So Darren Aronofsky's work. This one was very interesting. By the way, I didn't know this until like a couple days ago. Did you know Jennifer Lawrence and Darren Aronofsky are an item? They were. They were. Oh, they, they just were. broke up. Yeah, they yeah. broke up after. <laughs> yeah, they, coincidentally, coincidentally, they broke like, up. That's when the, the movie, movie you tanked. put me in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're breaking up. We're breaking. It's over. <laughs> um, but overall, though, that's another movie that I think that uh, I really not so much enjoyed, but get, couldn't stop thinking about. And I'm like, I'm with you. I struggle with the fact that I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. But it's still a movie that's on my mind. Constantly on my mind. It's the weirdest thing ever. I had the same experience you did, Greg. I, I have not stopped thinking about the film. I described the film. Of to, Mother? Of Mother. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because Julia asked me, like, well, what's the film about? I don't know if I'd even see it. So I kind of like, kind of like went point by point, like, well, if you're never going to see it. And at the Here end of my is. description, she yeah. says, I really want to see this movie now. Yeah. Because I, likewise, I have not stopped thinking see. about it. 
You should have been part of their ad campaign. <laughs> <laughs> because Everybody even be to like, this, now I gotta see this. To this day, even the title to me doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like the mother with the exclamation. I don't know what that means, Darren. Well, I mean, supposedly it's Mother Nature and all this, this right. whole thing. And that right. thing, that thing frustrates me because yeah. when Jennifer Lawrence did the interviews and she's like, "Well, I'm playing God and whatever," like, don't, don't. The movie right. is open to interpretation. It is totally I think that's open the strength to of the film. Right. Don't tell us literally. I know you're married to the or <laughs> dating the director, but like, don't. I don't want to hear about your bedroom conversations about what you're. Pl- no, the movie works. I think because yeah. it's going to be different for people. I think Everybody, everybody's going to have. A, it's a Rorschach test of a film, and I think that's the best thing about. There it. was that. That's fair to say. When that scene came up with uh, everybody raiding the house and. It was chaos. We were like, me and I was watching with Jaren, and we were like, what the F is this? No, me and Barry were were like, we we were sitting together as well and, uh, you know, holding hands. And what happened was, (laughs) I was terrified. (laughs) He was, he was very scared. Um, But that's when I, that's, that's when I think, I don't, I don't know if he knows this, but that was when I kind of like, Kind of jumped off the boat a little bit. That's and I when like, I, the movie lost me. Well, that's I felt, what the chaos felt and focused, and it totally. felt like Aronofsky's doing too much here. I think he was right. when it start, when the movie turns into a literal war zone. I thought this is this is too much, right? But when you get to that final beautiful haunting image that the movie ends on, it's like, yes. Oh, this movie's revealing its logic, which is not. It's you can't think about this film in any right. literal logical sense. <laughs> if, any, if anything, think about the film as a fantasy. Think about it as a nightmare. Yeah. Think about it as a fairy tale. But you can't think about this film like, well, this film is reflecting. No, I mean th- this movie doesn't exist on a, on a reality that, that 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 any other film does. All right, listen, uh, Aaron, if you buy it, I want the digital copy. <laughs> <laughs> Do my guys want to go have these okay. on it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> these on it. <laughs> is Target still open? We just check Target yeah. after I'm this. Sure, it is. Um, <laughs> um, uh, also, I'm not kidding, Aaron. Yeah, I'm not kidding no. at all. No. Uh, seriously, I'm not. Um, if you have any other movies you have on digital that you want, let me know. Um, now, I know uh, we got we all got to see uh, some other interesting films that uh, made the list. Um, another one that uh, I think all of us got to see uh, from 2017 was The Shape of Water. Yeah. Um, uh, Guillermo del Toro's uh, film, which I guess uh, this was a follow-up to he, – he, what did he do before this? He did um, – Crimson Peak, Was right? it Crimson Peak? Was it, it was. last film? Yeah. And Crimson Peak was kind of a disappointment. For well, some. For some. Yeah. Um, uh, the Shape of Water, though, was kind of a return to, uh, I guess, uh, it, a lot of people <laughs> believe it's a return to Hellboy. I don't, <laughs> but it, you can make that assumption because that it's the, it's the Guillermo del Toro verse or the Toro, whatever you want to call it. Um, but, um, did you, uh, the, was that on your list for one of the best movies of the year? For yeah. You? Yeah, was, Shape of Water. Did it you? was on for for a couple of uh, categories too. Yeah. Did, what what did, was there something that captured you about uh, Shape of Water? Um, the story, I guess. Just, just the the whole. <laughs> sorry to coin the phrase, uh, fish out of water sure. uh, <laughs> moments. Of course, that uh, you know it, it kind of resonated with me because she's she's the awkward outsider who's in the inner circle but not necessarily because she's meant to be there yeah you know what i mean no no you're right so in in some respects i could i could kind of relate to that and then um 
just just the overall story because it kind of like once you first off it's very easy to 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 uh like figure out like like by the time like uh she had first seen the room right like, i already knew the direction like i knew how it was gonna end yeah. i knew how it was but just getting to that point mm-hmm. like you're you're on the edge of your seat and you're like yeah. waiting for each action beat to hit and yeah. and when they do it's so satisfying like yeah. it's like wow this is really well done and it's well paced yeah Guillermo has a tendency to do that, and it's funny. It's it's. I think that's what makes those Hellboy movies so good. And I mean, I mean, and to his credit, still to this day, I still think that my favorite Guillermo del Toro film is, well, I can't say that. It's between Pan's Labyrinth and um, um, the Devil's Backbone, I think. Mm-hmm. So, but I love because I love Pan's Labyrinth, um, and the Devil's Backbone is so freaking good. Um, but anyway. Um, I'm not too. I'm. I'm interested to know um, what you guys thought of the Shape of Water. Well, very quickly. Um, on the one hand, I, I do like the film very much. Yeah. Um, it's visually beautiful. It's. It's certainly like a very encapsulated. It's mm-hmm. one of these movies you kind of lose yourself to, and, and yeah, it is. It is predictable, and as you've indicated, uh, <laughs> it's okay because it's. It has a fairy tale logic for right, a movie exactly. that deals with you know like. Uh, spousal abuse and masturbation, and, and uh, I think that and, that was the most awkward thing for me. Concealed homosexuality, yeah. like, for all the things that movie that are. That I'd are actually kind forgotten about that scene. Oh, I haven't forgotten. Very first uh, thing for all the things yeah. about the movie that are pretty wow. outrageous. Uh, yeah, it does have a fairy tale logic to right, it right. With, with these kind of outrageous touches. Um, but there are things that, like. Um, the Richard Jenkins subplot I love so much. I love that character. Yeah, he's I really the, good. Because yeah, uh, I think of him as the father, but he's not the father, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, right. though I think of him as a father character, though. That's really not, although that's kind of what he serves as the story. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's sequences in the movie that are extraordinary. The sequence where she floods the apartment is pretty brilliant. Oh, yeah. Even for, yeah. Gu- even for Guillermo del Toro, it's like, it's one yeah. thing to think this stuff up. It's another thing to, to portray it so masterfully. Richard Jenkins... Um, Richard Jenkins is is great in the film. He's a great supporting actor. I also thought Octavia Spencer was good too uh, in the film. I thought she I had a problem with with Miss Spencer. I felt like really? she was. I thought on the one hand her character is addressing a stereotype that oh, was okay. prevalent in movies during that time, but I also felt like she was still playing that stereotype. It made me uncomfortable. I, I don't know. And, and having just suffered recently through Tyler Perry's Boo Two and Medea Halloween, which is full of. Like out like 2017, we're watching like pretty outrageous, outrageous racist stereotypes, and I felt like there, there are aspects of Octavia Spencer's performance while good, and I think she was clearly trying to do like a period correct nod right. to that kind of. But at the same time, I feel like, but it's still it's still a stereotype. It's still like, like I can see. I guess you're right. I, I mean, maybe that's. I'm not going to say like, well, I was deeply offended. No, it just it felt it felt like a like a choice they should have reconsidered. Interesting. Um, you don't see stuff like that in a Guillermo del Toro movie. No, a so Tyler Perry movie, sadly, yes. yes but, but yeah, yeah. Uh, what about you, Aaron? What do you think of Shape of Water? Honestly, I was probably the least fan here. Interesting. Um, Good. I don't I know. Hear it just this. didn't. Oh, it just didn't click with me. Really? Yeah. Um, That's fine. Nothing's wrong with that. Yeah. I mean. I'm not going to not admit the performances are really fantastic. Sally Hawkins, um, Richard Jenkins, and Michael Shannon. I don't think he's like from this world because he is like 
he can never not be amazing in a movie. I have yet to watch a movie with Michael Shannon that I don't that I don't at least appreciate. I mean, yeah. from Give Me Shel- uh, for uh, what was it? Shelter, Take Shelter, yeah. Take Shelter, and then of course the other one, The Midnight Special, yeah. which was very good too. Yeah, um, yeah it's very hard. Even in uh, The Man of Steel. He's good no. in the Man of Steel. He's a good Zod. He's a good Zod, even though Barry hates that movie. Hate the movie. <laughs> like the Zod. Didn't like the movie. Didn't like the movie. Um, but you know, it's one of those things. It's it's a it's a Del Toro movie, so you're going to see the visual style m- yeah. the most first yeah. and foremost. Yeah. And and I think that that I think that that does he earn extra points for that because his movies are they do have a unique look to them and they seem to they they seem yeah. to get extra points for that during Oscar season. Uh, because yeah. of it, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, I mean, I liked it, mm-hmm. but I will say this: that I have people come out and go. I've heard people come out of those movies and go, or that movie and go, eh. And then one person says, "That guy's crazy." It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a very it's interesting how 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 mixed the bag is for The Shape of Water. Um, but uh, I uh, I thought it was thought it was well done. I, I like you for good. the fact because it, it's not your typical Del Toro because he doesn't really do much movies about sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this one he kind of was a little bit heavy-handed on little, it. Little handy. Yeah, I, so, I I will agree with know. that, and that and that, and I I will say some of it did make me a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. But once again, like I said, some sometimes uncomfortables I can get. Sometimes it's good, but I, I agree with you on this. I, I feel like there wasn't a balance between the movie's really sweet whimsy and how tough the violence is. Right. It's a really like at times the violence. It, it's not. It's one thing to imply it. It's one thing to show it. It's another thing to get really like the violence in this film is really nasty. Yeah. yeah. And I felt like it. It, yeah, it, was, it was out of balance. I think that worked with Pan's Labyrinth. I didn't think it worked for this movie. Is so whimsical that it felt like at times it was being invaded by Tarantino because it's like it's so <laughs> the violence is so rough. Yeah, you're, you are right. The so violence I feel like it was a little uneven in that respect. I, and I and t- to be fair, I think you're at, uh, that that criticism is absolutely. Correct. I think you're absolutely right about that for sure. Yeah, um, was that uh, would that be is that on anybody's best picture uh, list? It wasn't mine. No, well, not yours. No, it didn't make mine either. Ironically enough, no. I um, a lot of things about the movie I really liked a lot, but uh, no. Uh, let's uh, let's let's turn to a couple other films that uh, we can recognize on this sh- on this program. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, the other film that's getting a lot of Oscar buzz uh, that made our list. Uh, three Ebbing or um, excuse me, three billboards. Yeah. Um, which is which is the short title for the very long yes. title of the film. Um, that starred Sam Rockwell, Francis McDormand, uh, Woody Harrelson, um, getting a lot of Oscar buzz. Um, great performances by Francis McDormand and Sam Rockwell, who were fantastic in it. Uh, what were everybody's thoughts on Three Billboards? I didn't like the movie. I thought it was really ugly um, to a point where I thought it's it's one thing to portray human ugliness. For me, it just the movie wore me down. I, I'll be personal about it. Um, I wanted to just kind of go with this movie, like okay, it's it's nasty people doing nasty things to each other. But after a while, like I thought it became predictable. Every scene was about who's going to get punched in the face, who's going to get thrown out a window, who's going to get slapped around, who's going to get called this or that. For me, it was just it was so overwhelmingly ugly that when it does have its moments of compassion, mm-hmm. particularly the ending, which is you know which can it feels be feels out of place, right? Yeah, and I didn't think it even had an ending. So that's the thing. Like I thought, the, like this was written by Martin McDonough, who is a very talented playwright. But at times, right. it feels like a play. Can I ask you this? And that's that's something interesting that I like to know. Martin McDonough, mm-hmm. uh, Mister In Bruges himself, yep. Seven, Seven Psychopaths. Psychopaths. Yep. yep, It feels a lot like those movies. Yes. And yeah. is that, is that for me? I maybe maybe because I was looking for that. Maybe that's why I liked it more than you did. But you feel that it was at his to his detriment. I think those movies worked, and I, I, I feel like this movie 
perhaps maybe here's an idea. I mean, just maybe like <clears throat> having it set in America and kind of an, an idea of America, an idea of us at our at our ugliest and most harsh. I feel like maybe it would have been. Maybe the territory, you know, yeah. like, like he typically does these movies that are set in, in various places in Europe. And I feel maybe, maybe just like make, I don't know, everybody felt like a caricature to me, like in the ugliest sense possible. Even when the Sam Rockwell character who has the biggest transformation in the movie, I, I didn't quite buy it. Can I, can I, can I pose this question yeah. then? We're looking at it, he's looking at America through the eyes of an Irishman. Mm-hmm. So maybe that that maybe not to cut him some slack or say you should like the movie better, but maybe that's what he sees as. Yeah. Sure, sure. You don't like the movie because you're not drunk. <laughs> right. I'm not drunk. That's I'm not right. Angry. Right. Because we don't use the word pub, so he's right. really angry right. about that. Uh, but I, I I do say that the. Uh, I I do think the Oscar buzz is worthy for the film. I thought it was the performances. Yeah. Vince McDormand is amazing. I think Rockwell has done better, but I mean everybody seems to think this is the best thing he's ever done. I didn't feel like as much as I love Woody Harrelson, I don't mm-hmm. think he was in the movie enough uh, to garner that kind. Right, of, and of course, kind of I don't praise. think he was either. Uh, but we all know that Sam Rockwell's best performance is in Galaxy Quest. Of course, so, <laughs> without question, without question, without question. Um, absolutely. Uh, it felt like it co- like it wanted to be a Coen Brothers movie in the worst way, and I don't think it quite got there. Interesting. What about you? Sir, yeah, I, I I definitely loved it. You um, loved it. See, I don't find another movie taking Best Picture. Honestly, really, you don't? Adults. Yeah. Wow. Like, this year, I don't know. There isn't. Like I can see, like two categories: Gary Oldman and Best Picture. I don't three know. Billboards. There, there's, you know, there's there's <laughs> white people in it, and there's not enough women. So I don't know if it can win. <laughs> I, just, I just don't see anything else taking like best picture. True, true. Well, I, I mean, it, okay. Looking at looking at the Hawaii Film Critics Society list, which you can check out at Hawaii at highfilmcriticsociety dot org or on the Facebook page Hawaii Film Critics Society. Looking at the list of best picture nods that were given on that list, no one picked three Ebbings. Uh, excuse well, me, three billboards. Well, three billboards. It was tied for. Oh, that's right. It was tied. You're right. It was tied. With Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Shocker. Two that's very right. divisive movies slicing the the best picture vote in half. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I I have to say that um, three billboards is. I ha- I'm going to watch it again because I, you know, I'm not a fan of In Bruges, but I thought Seventh Psychopath was great. So I I don't know, and I really liked. I actually enjoyed. Three billboards. I thought that that was it was an interesting take, and I and I keep I, I kept thinking about the fact that he was an Irishman, and I kept thinking like he's shooting a, shooting an American f- trying to shoot an American heartland quote unquote film through the eyes of an Irishman. I thought, and I was my I was kept going through my head like this is maybe what he sees as far as that goes. So do you like the ending? I feel like the movie doesn't have one. I feel like it's a cop out. I would choose one or the other, but I feel like the way it ends it, I feel like this would work fine for theater, but I feel like for a movie you'd need to make a decision. I feel like there's no ending. I will say that he did co- um not to be not not to be funny, but he did cop out on that for ha. sure. I agree. 100%. So, I agree. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, great performances, uh, moving on to another film that made our list. Um, a man by the name of James Franco played a man by the name of Tommy Wiseau in a film called The Disaster Artist. Um, 
Everybody, I think I finally got a chance to watch it. Did you see it uh, format? Did you I have didn't a chance actually. To, you didn't see it? Yeah. Uh, the disaster. You two saw it. I haven't. What? No. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I know sorry. Swan went to see it mm-hmm. and he came back beaming. Like yeah. he was just through yeah. the roof. This, uh, I, I say that this is without a doubt probably one of James Frank- Franco's best performances, but I don't think it's strong enough for for him to win Best Actor though. He's suddenly become controversial for oh, reasons yeah. that are oh, yes. far outside yeah. of. Yeah. And, you know, as much as I'd love to say, like, well, the Oscars, it's, it's all about the quality. No. No, if, it's if not. A, if a, you know, it's, it's a. It's if a, that were a case, La La Land would have won last year. Because, <laughs> like, look, for me, I, you know, for me, the Oscars are sacred. I, I love the Oscars. I think we should award, you know, high caliber performances and production to movies. But it's also a pony show, and it's about the most popular pretty pony. And right now, he's just not it. Um, yeah. And I, I love his performance in the film. I love, I love the movie. I thought it was the funniest movie that came out last year. But, uh, yeah, as much as I love him, I, I feel like, no, he's, he's out of the race. Okay, so for sure. Uh, but the, mo- the movie on its own merits great. Though, right? Love the movie, yeah. Uh, he, did a very, he did a very good job in the film. Uh, he directed it. He's, he had a – I have to say that after seeing it, he, I don't want to give anything away so they don't give me – but I will say this. It – it's a, it's interesting how deft his hand was at putting this together, considering that this was a real life story, and he easily could have made Tommy a caricature of himself, and he didn't do that, and that was what I thought was going to happen, because it's you know when you think James Franco, the the next person you think of is who Seth Rogen, so you think that there's this relationship where we're just going to self parody this or we're going to parody this thing up, and they didn't do that, and he and he restrained himself from doing that. And he made an honest portrayal, or at least a somewhat honest portrayal of Tommy. And I thought that that was a very, I thought that was very noble. And I thought that was a good job. And James Franco deserves a lot of credit for that, um, for sure. Um, and it was written well too. Um, so uh, to be fair, I think that unfortunately, because of what's going on with James, it's a shame that the disaster artist won't be recognized for as for a good a film as it is. So uh, that's another one. Um, so we don't want to talk too much about that now since it's not going to – and you guess that you didn't have watch it or you watch it yet. Well, let's talk about another movie that's on our best of list um, that will probably, probably win, in my opinion, Best Picture because a woman stars in it. Molly's Game. And it's named after a woman. Molly's Game. Uh, and to be honest, to be fair, it's, it's good just because it's good, to be, to be honest. Uh, Aaron Sorkin, who I'm – not a big fan of his politics. Don't get me started. Um, uh, but he wrote a, a very he wrote a very good movie. He directed for the first time ever a very good movie. Uh, Jessica Chastain is wonderful in the role. Um, uh, Kevin Costner, who I thought was was great in the movie. Um, what did you guys think of Molly's Game? I love this movie. We, we got to see it. It was the closing yeah. night film for the First Light Festival. Mm-hmm. And, uh, from the beginning to end, there wasn't a scene I didn't like. There wasn't a performance that I didn't like. That the energy of the film was just addictive. It's, uh, it felt like a David Fincher film or like The Big Sick. It was just one of these movies that just crackles and moves so quickly. And I thought just scene after scene, just great scenes, great performances, stacking really high. I couldn't believe how good a film this was. Interesting that you related to The Big Sick. I could not get behind The Big Sick because I didn't think. Kumail Nanjani was as good as everybody says he was, in my opinion. Did I say the big sick? I meant to say, what was the one with uh, Christian Bale and Steve Carell and Brad Pitt? Oh, Big Short. Big Short. Oh, sorry. Big Short. I was going to say the big sick. <laughs> Not the same movie. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. It reminded me, Bali's going to remind me of the Big Short in the sense I that love just the like, Big Short. For all the things, yeah, because it's a, it's, it's a complex narrative to say the very least, but I feel like that movie made its 
it's story accessible and it was yeah. very entertaining in that movie like it moved really well it did and uh, Molly's Game uh, is a very well told story it's it's dramatic it can be quite suspenseful it's um, once again Jessica Chastain is she's incredible she's incredible she's fantastic she is fantastic um, and I have to tell you a kudos to Aaron Sorkin for uh, this being his first direct his yeah. directorial debut. It's a tour de force. It really yeah. is. It really is. And, and certainly in editing. We're talking mm-hmm. the editing of this film. Oh, is amazing. Yeah. The first 10 minutes, it has to be like at least 100 edits, that sequence yeah. of her uh, skiing. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I have to tell you that I think that uh, uh, Aaron Sorkin has got to do – I think what should happen is that he should write more – or he should write the stories – and then direct his own stories. Yeah. I don't think he should be directing anybody else's stories but his own. He's clearly learned a lot watching Danny Boyle and David Fincher and all these other – and Rob right. Reiner direct right. his films. But now he's, he's got the chops. He doesn't need them anymore. Yeah, he should, he should definitely be like Kevin Smith and write all your own stuff and direct your own stuff. Don't do cop-out. Um, well, I saw an article. He did ask David Fincher for advice. So Interesting. David Fincher was on set. There's a photo of David Fincher on set. Cool. No yeah. wonder. So no wonder. Okay, well that's that makes why he's seeing perfect a David Fincher, sense then. Yeah. That makes perfect sense then. That did, that that does it. Um, so Aaron Sorkin, if you guys have not had a chance to see Molly's Game, it is still. Um, it is. So it's, it's not still out. doing that well, but yeah, yeah. it's Molly's Game is uh, one that should not be missed uh, for sure. Uh, check it out um, while you still can, and uh, it's a fantastic movie. Great performances, and it's actually based on uh, a true story. I have not read. Whether how close it is to the actual story, I'm sure that there's a lot that's dramatized. No one seems to be contesting it. Yeah, though. no yeah. one seems to be contesting anything. So, you know, I because uh, Michael Sarah plays Tobey Maguire, right? Apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. awesome. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. So uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, Molly's Game, another film that should definitely be uh, uh, taking a look at um, if you have All right. not. All right. So, uh, any other best movies that uh, that I am missing here that you want to talk about before I move on to uh, some of the best overlooked movies? Well, I've said more than enough. Any you wanted to mention there? Uh, <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. No, no. Yeah, Aaron, come on. Well, no. well you, you already talked about two of my uh, two that's on my list: Florida Project and Molly's Game. Mm-hmm. Um, can I, I? I'll talk about one. Let me talk about one that is definitely overlooked, but also on your best list. Okay. The Greatest Showman. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, the Greatest Showman is came out December twentieth. Uh, this is not getting really any buzz, Oscar buzz or anything. It's not. This is a very family friendly movie to go see. Um, I I equate it to this. If you have not seen The Greatest Showman, this is a movie that if P.T. Barnum were producing a movie about P.T. Barnum, this would probably be it. <laughs> yeah, he would be proud. Right, honestly, he, he, he would be. Would be. Yeah. They, you know, P.T. Barnum was, a, was very controversial. He's not as... He, he may not have been as wonderful as this movie portrays him to be. Um, but overall, this wasn't about that. It was about the, the majesty of... What he had done in the circus and the whole nine. And, uh, Hugh Jackman is fantastic in it. Um, he does, I don't know if you've seen it yet. Not yet. Uh, and I have to tell you something. The music is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's uh, if you have not seen The Greatest Showman, you should. 
Uh, it's a movie that is definitely overlooked. It's directed by a guy named uh, Michael Gracie, yeah. I believe. Uh, commercial. Uh, I think it was a commercial Commercial director? and visual effects. Visual this effects. This is his film debut. This yeah. is his first wow. film debut. debut. And Hugh Jackman picked him. Right. He, as the story yeah. goes, wow. the story goes, Hugh yeah. Jackman saw him or whatever, and they worked together once on a commercial or something yeah. and said, we should do a movie together. And Michael Gracie blew it off and said, yeah, whatever, pal. So, ironically enough, Hugh Hugh Jackman calls up Michael Gracie and says, I think I got a project. And Michael Gracie goes, I'm in. He's like, so, what car dealership? <laughs> <laughs> so, ironic. Uh, the another irony about the Greatest Showman is that the critics aren't really attaching to it as as yeah. much as the audiences are. Audiences mm-hmm. love it. It's a they huge sleeper. Love yeah. it. It's a huge sleeper. It's making money at the box office. Yeah. It, it's going to surpass a hundred million dollars yeah. for sure. And um, uh, the performances are very are, are very good. Zac Efron is in it. Uh, does a good job in it. Michelle Williams is good in it. Zendaya is good when she is in it. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, that's another over. But see, over the, the music is what I think are turning people on to the movie. Yep. And I, I, I mentioned this in my review. I don't think it would be the same movie if you take out all the music, the dancing. I think it would just be really dry. Yeah. Oh yeah. It wouldn't be as cinematic showstopper as it is now. Yeah. It, it is something, and, and 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 you're right because what I think what I think happened with the Greatest Showman is that. And this goes to show you that, that, that Hollywood needs to understand that families are always looking for something that they can take the family to. Yeah. Especially around Christmas time. Especially which is, around Christmas time. Which is why time. the Ridley Scott movie died at Christmas. But right. this is, and, and Pitch Perfect, Perfect 3 is also a big hit. Yes. People want to take the family and flock to, to the theater. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's a film that uh, I think is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But it is so fun. It is so uplifting. The music is fantastic that I think that The Greatest Showman is probably one of the better movies of 2017, yeah. even though it's not. And what's nice is it's another nice and tight movie at like an hour and 35 minutes. Oh, or wow. Something. Yeah, is that short? Yeah, it's super wow. short. It's, it's great. It's fantastic. I figured it'd be like two But they packed hours. like 11, 12 songs in yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, my favorite song on that album or that, that in there is Come Alive, which is fantastic. I think that's a great song. This Is Me, which is going to be Oscar bait for sure, yeah. which I put it on the list as this is... Didn't it win? Yeah, it did win. It won the Hawaii Film Critics Society. Yeah, it did, for sure. So that's another one that I think uh, is overlooked that you should definitely check out. Uh, Anything overlooked this year that uh, you think that people should pay attention to? Movie I love that just did not pick up any traction. I thought it was wonderful. It was the Myerowitz stories? I love this movie. And I loved Adam Sandler's performance uh, in it. When is that coming out? I it's mean, on Netflix. It's been out for a while. <laughs> no, no. But I mean, when is that? I mean, when I shouldn't say when is it coming out. When did that come out theatrically? When did that? When was no. that? It got a very, very yeah. limited release. Like all Netflix movies, they get a very limited release. To, I think to qualify for the Oscars because you got to prove that. I mean, these movies have to play somewhere. Uh, okay, wait to. a minute. I didn't know that it was a Netflix produced film. I yeah. thought that this was like a Sony. Pictures well, and then it wasn't. Well, my understanding that Netflix picked it up at the Cannes Film Festival, so they bought it and they distributed ah. it. It was yeah, it, it was Noah Baumbach. You know, he made the film independently, and, mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah, Netflix was the ones who decided to distribute it. Like, there's a couple of movies that they did that with, like To the Bone was another one, yeah. uh, Gerald's Game was another one. There was mm-hmm. a bunch of films at Netflix. I mean, this is a big year for Netflix, and of course, Bright being the although I think yeah, they Bright they, was they were so good. Bright yeah. was more instrumental. They were more instrumental yeah. with with that film, hands on mm-hmm. as producers. Well, that's because uh, uh, Bright. 
is doing exactly what Netflix has wanted to do is Bright is going to change the game. Yeah, right. big time. Bright is changing the game the way the movie industry works. If they get, you know, and I've been saying for years, like, look, they're never going to lose the movie theater. We need, yeah. it's the social experience. We've always needed that mm-hmm. equivalent. Movies are special. It's yep. traditional. But if Netflix gets gets their hands on, you know, Star Wars, game over. Mm-hmm. If they keep, you know, if they keep getting movies like Bright or Better, people are, will stop going to the movies because why go to movies when you can just see the movie your dynasty at home? Mm-hmm. So yeah, Bright, Bright, Bright scares me a little. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I, for as uh, the older I get, the more cynical I become. For as much as I used, to, for as much as I love the movie theater and the and drive-ins, I'm not. I, I don't find the same magic as I used to. Maybe it's because I'm old and cynical, but I don't find the same magic that I have. Well, when they I don't, walk they don't have any drive-ins here, which hurts. Uh, that's super. W- that's yeah, one really thing is. I miss about living in Colorado. They get a lot of drive-ins. There's a lot of drive-in theaters still doing really well on the mainland, yeah. but you know, not here. That's an experience that I absolutely love, and I never. I wish. I wish I could do it again. Next time you go to the mainland, check it out. You'll probably go someplace that has a drive-in movie theater. Go in the summertime don't go in winter when they're closed all right right of course and i'll uh i'll hide in somebody's trunk we'll see if i can get in with some pizzas and stuff that'd be awesome okay overlook film so for you meyerwitz is one one i actually have a netflix original as number three on my list best of the year which is our souls and night Mm. with robert redford and jane fonda interesting i I did not have an opportunity to watch it is it good so good it's just two veteran actors playing off each other and it's at 80 they can still that's amazing is it, what is it? Is it? It's a drama? Yeah. I tell you what, yeah. I am a huge, uh, once again, two people whose politics this, I give, I hate. I knew you were going to say something. Um, but I will say that my favorite film from them is, uh, together, is Barefoot in the Park. Yeah. If you have never seen Barefoot in the Park, it is, it is one of Neil Simon's funniest plays. And their, their chemistry is so good together yeah. in that movie that I, I fell in love with Robert Redford and Jane Fonda. When I watch that movie, I laugh every time, and it's it's one of the it's one, I, I, and I I can't stop laughing throughout the whole film. It's fantastic. Bear, that's a great movie, by yeah. the way. So that this was is, yeah, and this is his second to his last. His next movie that's coming up, I think yeah. it's some CIA thing storyline, but that's his last. He's uh, he's, he's pulling gonna, a Gene yeah. Hackman. He's retiring yeah. from the biz. Uh, well, I mean, that eighty. Hurts. I yeah. guess some you got to call it quit sometime. But. Yeah, for or sure. just keep going, man. Yeah. No, Anthony Hopkins was in Transformers last year. He ain't stopping. Like the, yeah. I, I miss and I miss Gene Hackman. Like Mooseport was his last movie. Like Welcome no, to yeah, come back, that. buddy. Do yeah. one, please do one more, buddy. One more, one buddy. more. We miss you, Gene. Yeah, we do. We miss Gene. Um, yeah, that's, so that's an overlooked movie for you. Well, that was on, on my best because he was talking, oh, that was your talking best. about okay. Netflix originals. That was number three because wow. it's pretty amazing. Do you have a movie that that a lot of people didn't see that you really liked? Uh, didn't see. Yeah, it's number. I had to put it number eight. It's uh-huh. called the dinner. Mm. Um, this I switched. Well, out. Richard Gere. Yeah, Richard Gere and Laura Linney and Rebecca Hall and Steve Coogan. Mm-hmm. So I had an opportunity. To, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I did that. That yeah. I did have an opportunity to see, and that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Like such sharp dialogue, and for a movie that takes place over two hours with just a dinner. Yeah. It's very intense. Very thrilling. Extra, extremely yeah. intense. And they have flashbacks with the. The sons committing the cr- their crime, yeah, and what to do. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's pretty. I, I actually changed it because I had a ghost story originally as my top ten. Really, but, um, swapped it out. Yeah, because for some reason I thought the dinner I saw in twenty sixteen. I didn't. For some reason I didn't feel like it was twenty seventeen. Yeah, no, so, you're right because it, it felt like the, yeah. the trailers were out like yeah, way back in two thousand sixteen. Yeah, I agree early. with you. So I went back and I looked at it and I'm like, yeah, the dinner really. 
impressed me. Yeah, Richard which was yeah, o- super overlooked. Check that out. Former, what about you? You have an overlooked movie that a lot of people didn't see that you really liked this year? Not really. Um, I like Baby Driver. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. A lot of people were kind of, you know, shoo-shooing the movie. A lot of people did, and that's weird because I really yeah. thought Baby Driver was good. It was a big sleeper. Yeah, people yeah. love that film. Yeah, I really liked yeah. it as well. And the editing is sharp, sharp, yeah. sharp. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's because of the... I, and this came before the controversy with Kevin Spacey and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well Way before. before. Well before. So it's interesting that it didn't catch, because I thought Edgar Wright is such a talented director, mm-hmm. writer, things like that. I was surprised it didn't it didn't hit as well as it could have, and I thought it was good. I, I, I Maybe I see a couple of things in the movie that people didn't like, possibly, but I thought it was a good... I thought Baby Driver was great. It's a very good film. I, the... the uh, gosh. The way the sound and the imagery is so closely synced together. Right. The, it's like the, a... The musicality of the of the it's like a film musical. Is, is amazing. It is. It's like if La La Land was an action movie. Like it's it. it there is something very special about that film. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, I completely agree with and you. I'm a sucker for heist films. So hot, right? Yeah, yeah, for, fantastic. Um, I think uh, I put it on my list as far as being overlooked. Um, and it's only because I think his movies are strange, but the the killing of a sacred deer was oh, holy yeah. cow! I have not seen that film. Dying to see it. Um, it's 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 it. it I, I don't even want. I don't want to say it's interesting. It's good, but it's <laughs> it's. I don't want to say. I don't want to say. You're gonna like it. it. No, 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 no. That's what I say. You're but not gonna like I, it. I think interesting is but not a. Like it. Interesting is not the right word I'm looking for. Was it's it a similar experience like what you had with Mother. With a little bit, and maybe uh, maybe like. It's more of the similar experience because obviously it's the same director as the lobster. lobster. Okay. So, it, did you watch the killing of the sacred deer? Okay, it, it didn't even come to Maui, right? It didn't. No. Yeah, so it's out on video Oahu now. Who got it? Of course. Yeah, of course they did. Um, <laughs> uh, Nicole Kidman is good in it. Colin Farrell is just—he's I don't know. I think he's such a good actor. He's so great in it. Yeah. And the kid—I can't remember his name—is. He's good too. Um, Killing a Sacred Deer was definitely overlooked, um, and uh, I put that on my list. You should definitely check it out. Uh, the Killing of a Sacred Deer. Uh, I don't want to give too much away about it, but uh, Colin Farrell plays a doctor. Something happens, and then now he's the Sorcerer Supreme. Now he is. Nice. Uh, apparently, somebody. I like it already. Let's just say. Let's say. Let's say he's a doctor. Uh, there's a messed up surgery, and now some somebody wants him dead. So kind of put it that way uh but i thought it was i i thought it was a definitely overlooked film i can see why people didn't like it but it's definitely it's definitely worth taking a look at colin sure. farrell's having a good year because he beguiled yeah. right you know. yeah right right the big right this uh sofia coppola film yeah. yeah which was really good too um now overlook anything else that we thought best uh best movies that uh best movies this year for best sci-fi best horror movies we were talking about oh, horror i think it is a masterpiece i love yeah. it and i'll say stephen king's it because it sounds like i'm saying well, it what it mm-hmm. yeah stephen king's it i i, I think it's you know it, it it's so rare for me certainly to like look at box office like oh my god that's a movie i loved and people actually loved it as much as i did that almost never happens right that definitely was not the case of blade runner which died a quick and painful death but it was <laughs> was such a huge monster hit and it deserves yeah. it i think it's a wonderful movie i mean yeah. it, yes it's scary as hell but it's about these kids it's about you know it's using the horror movie thing mm-hmm. to talk about how hard it is growing up how hard it is for kids to overcome 
become the literal and figurative monsters in their life. This yeah. is a film I could have really used when I was 13 years old. I think there's something really inspiring, even moving about this film. And I know that people think, oh, it's the, the, the killer clown movie. It's so much more than that. Yeah, I have to tell you that I really, really think that 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 it is a an adult version of the Goonies, and sure. that movie yeah. was for us yeah. as uh, youngsters who grew up with the Goonies. And I thought that it was fantastic. I disagree with you on the on the one thing though. I do not. I didn't think. I didn't think it was scary at all. You didn't find it scary. I didn't, really? find, I didn't wow. find it scary. You're a tougher I, guy than I. Yeah, I, I was. I was definitely afraid. Really. I didn't I'm not find afraid it. of clowns. And people are like, "Oh, I'm terrified of clowns." I've never had that, but I, I do find the film scary. I do not. I didn't find it scary, but I found it. Uh, I found I wasn't scared for myself. I was frightened for the kids. Yeah. yeah, that is when I knew that I obviously cared about the characters. So I wasn't scared for myself. Um, the, the 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 scene in the garage was just phenomenal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that was great. Uh, they that was that's that scared. The bejesus out of me as far as for the kids. I thought that was very well done. Um, so, yeah, it was good. I think that another another one that gets overlooked, I mean, as far as in that sci-fi horror genre, is Get Out. Yeah. Yeah. Get uh, Out was good, too. Get Out was great. Get Out was fantastic. And we all saw Get Out. Mm-hmm. It was great. And I, I had preconceived notions about it. And uh, I, have, I have to say, oh, <laughs> I'm supposed to be somewhere. Um no, <laughs> apparently I have preconceived notions about Get Out before I watched it. I was like, oh, this is going to be something about, you know, they're going to um, make this commentary uh, about blacks and conservatives and blah, blah. And it was the exact opposite of it. And I'm glad I watched it because it was fantastic. And he did he did a great job of making what almost felt like to me. It almost felt like this really retro 60s or 70s kind of horror movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It felt really cool with a, like this like this little twinge of like Twilight Zone in it. And I thought that that was great. So and I really I and I it was much better than I expected and I have to tell you that Get Out is great. I thought the performance I don't know if the performance um was Oscar worthy per se but the picture definitely does need to be recognized. I thought that it was that good. So um uh, I really enjoyed Get Out. Um for uh, those of you who have not seen Get Out, why are you even watching this show? Uh or listening to it. Uh go watch it first. Uh another one that hit um another one another sci a great sci-fi movie that uh we recognized was uh, The War for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Uh, with um, Woody Harrelson, Andy mm-hmm. Serkis, Steve, uh, Timothy Zahn. We all saw that. Yeah. Um, that was good, Judy too. Greer is in there somewhere. Judy Greer Big is Judy in there Greer somewhere. Fan. Oh, yeah. I think she plays Cornelia, the wife of, of, uh, of Caesar. And mm-hmm. She's in the film for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know That's why. her in, a, in a, one of those Weta outfits with the dots in her face. I know how you feel about her. It's fine. It's I, fine. I do love Judy uh, Greer. I, inter- she, I interviewed her. I, I, right. I got a soft spot for her. I can't, <laughs> help, can't help it. She's so lovely. The War for the Planet of the Apes was a good, I think it was a great wrap-up to the new Apes oh, yeah. trilogy. Uh, I think they did a great job on that. Um, so... Uh, moving on to a couple other films we haven't recognized. Of course, Atomic Blonde, great movie for 2017. Yes. Um, that was very well, uh, very well done. Uh, I, we also uh, didn't have a chance to talk about um, Train Spotting T2, and of course Wind uh, River. Yeah, Train Spotting. That was one of my favorite sequels. Train Spotting was, was yeah. awesome. so good. T2 Train Spotting was surprising. Yeah, I didn't think that it was going to be as good as it was. Uh, so uh, big up. Still don't think they they they've earned the right to use 
the tag team. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, transpotting two would have been fine. Of course, the other the other superhero movie starring or the other movie starring two superheroes from another franchise, Wind River, Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen, directed by Taylor Sheridan. Also written by him, if I'm not mistaken, too. He's the directional first directing debut. His directing debut. He's also responsible for writing, I believe, Sicario and. Water. And Hell or High Water, which are two great movies. Uh, Wind River's fantastic. Yeah. Um, definitely should see that. I tell uh, you, yeah. I, I tell you that was um, that was a that was a good movie as well, um, and a good mystery. I really enjoyed it. Um, very enjoyable to watch. Aaron the, is actually the reason I saw it. I wanted to yeah. catch it, and uh, Aaron was very adamant. This is one of the best films of the year. Uh, yeah. Seeing it, like ooh. Uh, it builds really well, but I gotta say, it's like it's not predictable. No, it's one of these movies yeah. where like I know where this movie's going. I've seen. No, the, you don't. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, completely no, wrong. It blew me away. Uh, you know what? There, yeah, there's yeah, some intense like stuff in there. Yeah, oh yeah, it was my number one for almost the year, and then it got dropped to two because I saw something else, which was that I cannot move from my number one. It really affected me. Uh, only the brave. Mm. Only the brave with. with uh, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. The firefighter, yeah. Yeah, only the brave. That was the one. And yes. uh, what was his name? Miles Teller. Yeah. Is in that as well. And uh, Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. Taylor hey, Kitsch. <laughs> yeah, Taylor Kitsch. Yeah. <laughs> and Jennifer Connelly has never been better since Jeez. probably A Beautiful Mind. Wow. Her performance is pretty astonishing. We know her best performances from Career Opportunities, so don't <laughs> even. You can say The Rocketeer, but okay. Yeah, the Rocketeer. <laughs> uh, I will say, you know what, Format, uh, speaking of Format, not to go back too far, but Format said if, uh, he loves heist movies. There was another movie that came out in 217 that's not getting any Oscar buzz whatsoever, but I think is definitely overlooked. Valerian? Logan Lucky. <laughs> Logan oh, Lucky. Yeah, Steven yeah, yeah that one I missed. Um, it's by Steven uh-huh. Soderbergh. It is the redneck version of Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is fun. Uh, so make sure you guys yeah. t- pay attention to that. No. Did you get a chance to see it? Yeah. It's good, right? Driver in there is freaking hilarious. Right? <laughs> Adam Driver no, is fantastic it. in that movie. I wouldn't expect it, but it, it, he he really takes it. In, he does. In I, you know, we're probably missing a ton of other movies, but there are a few more that I definitely want to recognize. Do you want to get to your your worst? Because uh, we will, be, but I do want to I do okay. want to say that uh, Greta. I know because we got we're short on time here, but Greta Gerwig, uh, the director of Lady Bird, is getting a huge amount of buzz. Uh, did anybody no. have an opportunity to I see did. that? Yeah, I, I love did this not. movie. Was it good? No. It's really funny. Is it good? That's the most important thing. Like it's really funny, and the emotional moments really sneak up on you. The movie really earns its really powerful scenes. It's a great film. Do you think that this could be the big surprise of Oscar two thousand eight? It could because this is, I mean, it, you know, it's exactly what format's talking about. It's a film you walk out of feeling great because it, it, the movie earns its emotions. It's, Interesting. it's, it's a solid film. Yeah. Uh, another another film, uh, another another movie we talk, we haven't talked about, or what category we haven't talked about is Best Animated Film. Yeah. Uh, in This Corner of the World uh, won in our list. And, of course, uh, the other big one was the Pixar film Coco. Okay. Um, so um, I didn't have a chance to see Coco. I didn't either. It's yeah. Great. Is it good? Great. Yeah, yeah. The, the emotional payoff. It's it's pretty much the scene of the movie. It's the scene yeah. that everyone will talk about when they when they talk about this movie. Mm. They're towards the end of the film. Coco. I won't describe the scene, but it's so powerful. Uh, I 
I can't remember the last time I went to a movie and I heard people just sobbing in the theater, audibly sobbing like it was a funeral. It's very powerful. Wow. Is the is the criticism correct that they stole from the Book of Life the Guillermo del Toro produced a no. cartoon? I wouldn't say steal. I mean, it's it's a, it's a similar approach, okay. and you know, there's a lot of skeleton characters. Obviously, you know, doing the whole Day of the Dead thing, but I, I don't think it's a ripoff. I, I think it's a much better movie. Better movie, yeah, yeah. definitely better. Really? Yeah, okay. Much cool. Cool. It's a little heavy for kids though, because I don't want to give away the but. There is a plot part. It's about death. It's, it's kind of yeah. It's kind of well. That's what I'm guessing. <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> moving on uh, really quickly here. Uh, best document. No, no, we're not talking about. <laughs> no. <Valerian>. Oh, <laughs> right. uh, so good. So good. <laughs> no, no. Every year when we, when I put together these 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 that would be an overlooked movie for you for sure. <laughs> yeah, when I when I put together these 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 best of lists, I love the nominations. And one of this year, I won't reveal who, but somebody nominated Rihanna for her motion capture performance mm-hmm. in Valerian. I'm like, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Nobody else. There's no one else in the world who's gonna gonna give her props for her performance. I'm gonna say that I nominated the. Thor Ragnarok for the best score of 2017, by the way. Well, one of the craziest nominees for ever. Emma's Grinch song? Yeah. <laughs> no, Mark, Mark Mothersbaugh's score was fantastic. Oh, okay. score was fantastic. Well, the first year we did this, you nom- and I'll, I'll call you out, you nominated Jupiter Ascending for best costume design. Yes. Like, that's fantastic. Yes. That's, that's why I make this list. That's that wonderful. movie is not good, but the costumes, the costumes were, were fantastic. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah. I can go back to Jupiter Ascending and watch it again. No. I, yeah. oh, it's, it's fun. I it's, watch Jupiter it's super Ascending. Fun. It's stupid, yeah. but it's fun. Yeah. She's 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 in love with a mog. He's a dog. He's a dog. He's a mog. That's what he is yeah. from Spaceballs. Um, <laughs> also, another film that uh, uh, another uh, category that we talk about in our in our Hawaii Film Critics Society is uh, best documentary. Uh, Jane won, uh, directed by Brett Morgan. But my favorite film of that of that year is LA ninety two. I think it's most affecting for me because. I was around during the riots of LA and that was a fantastic where can we see this film you can see that on Hulu by the way fantastic it is available still and if you've not seen LA 92 where can we see you in the riots (laughs) you won't (laughs) how many TVs did you make it home with that day Uh, not not at all Uh, but I will say this that LA 92 is great because it doesn't bother with facts (laughs) Gotcha. Close. (laughs) No, it doesn't bother with giving us... (laughs) It doesn't bother with uh, telling us or or fashioning a narrative around it. This is all about the footage. Straightforward Straightforward footage about what happened. He he edited and cut it together so well. uh, Did a great job of it. Um, So... LA-92 for me was the best uh, documentary of 2017 for sure. Um... Now, before do, we get... Right I do like documentaries. So I do, too. I, so, f- this year, for me, it was uh, Ferrari, Race to Immortality. So it's about uh, yeah, it's Enzo a, Ferrari. Yeah, Enzo Ferrari. Nice. And the start of Formula One. And cool. It's cut like a movie, like Rush. It's cut exactly Love like that. Love Rush. Wow. Yeah. Love that The movie. editing is top for a documentary. Can I tell you a, a film that I almost nominated for Best Documentary? Icarus. That's on Netflix. Icarus. If you have not seen Icarus, mm. I don't know. I've heard about it. It's yeah. about the Russians using steroids from the during the Olympics for the Ooh. last, you know, dec- for decades. It is phenomenal. Um, you should definitely check that out. Cool. Now, before we get to the worst movies, before we get out of here, we can yeah. go a little long because this is not going up anywhere, so it's fine. Um, other than, <laughs> other than, uh, we're just the, here. Yeah, no, it's yeah. going up. This one's going on the podcast and not on the videos. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. So, um, best. 
local film, Hawaiian film, went yeah. to uh, Stacy Hayashi's Go for Broke. Yes, and and I and Stacy is fantastic. Uh, she she immediately emailed me, and we had a little dialogue. She reminded me that she didn't direct the film; she wrote it, she produced it. It's been her baby for decades. Yes. However, she she was like, make sure you put on the site that you know <laughs> I didn't direct this film. I had a friend of mine direct it for me, but right. she's like, I can't oh, remember I, his name, I, and, and it's escaping me too at the moment. But uh, yeah, uh, and and that that correction is on the site. Um, but yeah, she's fantastic, and and the film uh, people love this film. Yeah, uh, a lot. I of, have not seen it. I was not one of the people who voted. A lot for of it. friends of ours from the uh, Hawaii Comic Book Society are in it. A lot of the people that we know were in the film. Uh, Premiered at the Hawaii International is, Film Festival, and it, it was received. This is her graphic novel. Yeah, and she did an amazing job of putting it to. And um, I've read the graphic novel, which is terrific. Right, right, and uh, she did a great job putting it together, and uh, so good on her. The other, I do want to recognize the other, um, the other film in that category, uh, Kuliana. Yes. Uh, Kuliana was another film that uh, uh, was one of the movies that I thought, you know, could definitely get us out of what we call, I guess, I don't know how to put this, like, it could, it can raise the bar of what everybody thinks is yes. local, inter- uh, local uh, movie fare. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, so big, uh, so big, uh, uh, big props to a friend of yours and a friend of the show, Um Mr. Brian Cohn. Mr. Brian Cohn. Yeah. And, uh, um, and, of course, Adi Alad, who is also the editor on that film. Yeah. Um, which did he did a great a job. job. He did yeah. a hell of a job on that. So, yeah. uh, Kuliana, if you have not seen it, local film, check it out uh, as well. Um, and like I said, that, that like I said, Kuliana definitely can raise, can raise the bar on what can and can't be done as far as a local film goes. It's and locally produced. Film. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, check that out. Um, so now, last and, la- and not, uh, certainly not least, before we get out of here, the worst movies of 2017. Transformers. <laughs> Let's start there. <laughs> Should we? <laughs> um, my, I, I had a lot of worst films um, this year. Um, <laughs> but one in particular. But one in particular for me is uh, I have a I have a um, a deep and utter hatred um, for the Shack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, um, oh, that made my best up. <laughs> um, yeah, I was not a fan of the shack. Uh, I am. I think that Sam Worthington, for some reason, I I don't know what it was in his early career that got everybody to think that gee, this guy is going to be good in everything, and he's almost good in nothing. Um, <laughs> I'm not a fan of Sam Worthington. I'm no, sorry. Nothing, nothing. I, I okay. Not, look, he was he was picked for Avatar. wasn't good in that. I will say that he was pretty decent in debt. In no, debt. Okay, I was just going to say that. Thank you. I think that's his best role. Yeah, his best role. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I'm not a fan of his work. Um, so I would speak up for Terminator Salvation, but that's <laughs> don't you dare. I, I know I'm in trouble. Don't so. you dare. Um, uh, but uh, I was not a fan of the Shack at all. I think that made my worst of list. Um, also, a film that I have not seen, but I can guarantee you that is worst uh, the worst movie of the year is Nine uh, Eleven with Charlie Sheen. Um, <laughs> I can guarantee you that, that that's already that's on video now. By the I'm way, I'm pretty sure that's pretty masterful. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> and of course uh, the the Al Gore uh, produced uh, Inconvenient yeah, uh, yeah. sequel. Yeah. That's another one that can. Uh, yeah. that's oh, uh, just going back to the director for Go for Broke, it's Alexander 
Bocieri. Thank you. Yeah, Alexander Bocieri. That's Thank it. Uh, so um, for me, the Shack wasn't good. What about you? What was, what was on your worst of list? Blue Two, a Medea Halloween. Really? How like dare you? <laughs> I like Tyler Perry. I, I, I think his best movies are not only good but quite great. This was – it barely feels like a movie. It feels like outtakes from the last film. These are scenes that have no direction, no shape. They just keep going and going. Um, it's it's like bad outtakes from Nutty Professor 2. It's a lot of scenes of him talking to other wacky characters who were kind of amusing the first time or not funny this time. The movie has – it just goes absolutely nowhere. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to be a very, very, very forgiving fan of Tyler Perry. To, so what to you're saying is Boo 2 is actually <laughs> the inconvenient sequel. Is what you're saying. I got it. Oh, I got it. Uh, what about you there, Aaron? Honestly, I'm a, I have to go with Barry on this one. Really? Yeah. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That Again, just like him, I'm actually fond of Tyler Perry. <laughs> I don't, you know, I like his stuff, yeah. even his dramatic stuff. That's the best well, stuff but, he does, yeah, I think. Yeah, the stuff that he's not in, but his, drama- his dramatic stuff is good. Yeah, the stuff but, where he's not playing the transgender yeah, thing, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I just sound It's not transgendered. <laughs> Medea is a woman. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't. I'm. I thought. I, you, I, you can't look. It's 2018. Yeah. You can't make assumptions anymore. I'm just saying. Medea is it's, a woman. Yeah, okay, Medea is a woman. It's okay. it's really poorly put together. Okay, good. All right, so yeah. Boo Two is on your list. All right, format. I'm going to give you another shot at this. Um, you know, it would be Boo Two if. <laughs> Transformers didn't come out in the same year. (laughs) I am in love with Transformers. I know you are. In love? That's that's strong. Can I tell you why? Let me tell you why. Because for the first time in the Transformers series, for Transformers The Last Night, I felt like the young kid watching Transformers when I was a child. Do you feel like they got it right this time? I no, <laughs> but it brought no. They didn't. It, there are a lot of things wrong with Transformers the last night. But yeah. the nostalgia that that <laughs> yeah. I got uh, and the and the and the ridiculousness of the story. Well, what made you nostalgic about it? What made me nostalgic about the about it? Christ, was, you know. Yeah, no, no. Was the, 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 <laughs> Stan, the, the, the opening you know. the opening scene. Where we find out that there are robotic knights of the round table yeah. protecting the actual knights of the round table. When uh, my favorite scene in the film is Anthony Hopkins explaining the entire plot in seven minutes, uh, in that with uh, with Mark Wahlberg, and he's telling us about the uh, the Wit Wiccans. And uh, I thought that that was such a cool, ridiculous cartoon style plot. I agree with the ridiculous part, right? Yeah. And it's a cartoon style plot, right? It's yes. very thin. It just you know, and it was super silly. And from then on, you know, I really enjoyed. Uh, the actual action. I love the fact that I love the fact that Mark Wahlberg's hand turns into a sword. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's it's no. I'm not. I'm telling you. It's it's awful. I completely agree. But there is something for me that made me think of that young kid that sat in front of the TV enamored with the Transformers. I don't know why. I don't know why. I can't explain it. That young kid like this movie. That young kid would love this movie, yeah. and I think that's why. I, maybe it's it's the first time in the Transformers series. I just that I, picture Greg as he looks <laughs> going. You know what? This is missing some Anthony Hopkins. That's right. 
I bet the Transformers destroyed the Nazis. I bet they did. <laughs> yeah, they did. Oh, boy. If I could they just did. see that in the movie one day. Oh, I thought it was... Because it's so silly. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is great. It's really... Michael Bay has finally tapped into the silliness of the Transformers brand. I thought it was really finally? cool. Finally? You don't think it's ever been there before? I thought he took himself <laughs> too seriously, especially for 4, which I'm not a big fan of. Didn't okay. like 4. It's my favorite one. Really? Age of, Disney, <laughs> Age of Extinction. Age of Extinction felt a lot like a... It just felt like Sound and Fury for no reason whatsoever. It just wouldn't stop. And that was my problem with that. But I do like three. Dark Side of the... Or uh, Dark of the Moon. Yeah. Dark of the Moon had that cool storyline where the moon, the original Moonlanders were going to the other side of the moon. They found the Transformers. That was cool. I thought that that was, that was really neat. Uh, but you know the worst part of Dark, Dark of the Moon? Losing uh, Megan, Megan Fox. Fox. That was the worst. That's, that's where that movie died. It's because it lost Megan Fox. Megan Fox was a main part of that film. So, and they, <laughs> and they got Jason Statham's girlfriend. Yeah, they did. A Rosie Huntington Whiteley yeah. or whatever her name is. Whatever happened to Rosie Huntington White? Wasn't girl. she in uh, Mad Max? Yeah, she was. Yeah. She yeah. was in Mad Max. Um, so uh, that is uh, so. All right, format. Fair enough. You get Transformers <laughs> the last night. Um, so those are the How worst many stars. For me? Yeah. For for Transformers yes. the last night? Yes. I think I gave it three and a half stars. Oh, three and a half? Yeah. Oh yeah, I would, I would go three. <laughs> I'd go three and a half stars. I give it three and a half I'm stars. I'm a sucker for the Transformers movies. I think, I think yeah. that this one for me, this one, okay, this one is probably the the, mo- the highest rated out of all the Transformers movies I've done. No doubt. Wow. Yeah, you, I think you definitely feel I that gave way. the first one, I think I gave the first one three stars. I gave the second one like two stars. No, one and a half stars. I hated that one. Yeah. Three, I gave three stars. Four, I gave two and a half stars to. And last night, I gave three and a half stars to. That's how much fun I had with that one. Uh, somewhere Michael Bay is smiling. Yes, he is. He's like, finally. I can't wait for Transformers 6. <laughs> no. Don't do it. Well, we got Bumblebee, right? That's the That's next yeah. one. With, with John, John Cena. Cena. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you he, He's in this movie it. I don't know if you can see him But I know don't Haley Steinfeld uh, Haley Steinfeld's the main actor Yeah though. she is She's oh, the main actor no. yeah. She's in that Yeah oh, She's no. the owner of Bumblebee Nice uh, Yeah That's gonna be awesome Pulling these wonderful uh, actors Like John Malkovich What are you doing John oh, Turturro What John are you doing John Malkovich was Poor great Lenny. Like no What are you doing Francis McDormand Come I know. on Oh my yeah. god That's oh, great No It's great Um, um they can, great. You can say no When you're a famous actor You can get a script and go no, no, I'm not doing this. All right. So no, as you can right? see, there is, and I see in here, there is no consensus on the worst picture of the year. We all, uh, you, you guys were unanimous on Boo too. I, I hated the Shack, and he hated Transformers last night. But Transformers did get voted worst worst film, film of 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to talk to these other uh, critics. Yes! I got to strong arm them. They're, yeah. they're full of garbage. All right. Last but not least, uh, before we do actually get out of here, anything that we're looking forward to in the next few months um, in 2018 that we want to see. Anything that you guys can think of? Next few months, uh, th- th- you know, th- there's definitely some things here. And the, the movie for me that I'm want, dying to see mm-hmm. this year, hopefully, God, hopefully it'll be released like, you know, this year and not like pushed into January of 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry Gilliam's The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. You finally finish oh, it? It's, I oh, want to see that so bad. Finish, finish the damn movie. Oh, finish nice. it. Finally finish nice. it. It's in post-production right now. People are looking at it and go, this is great. Are you, do you think we'll get it by... The end of this year? I sure, sure hope Let so. me That's tell you something. Idea. This had better be his masterwork. I sure hope so. Uh, Adam Driver is the lead, and uh, 
And uh, Michael Palin is playing uh, Don Quixote. <laughs> Michael Palin's the man. I love Michael yeah, Palin. That's gonna be sick. He yeah. is my he's my favorite uh, Monty Python uh, alum uh, for sure. I love him in Brazil. It's one of my favorite I, yeah. movies. Oh, anyway. Brazil's yeah, Brazil's a masterpiece. I, I like think. I I think the only the only one the only Terry Gilliam movie that I ever have had a problem with. Uh, was the Adventures of Baron Munchausen? I thought really? that the, not 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 that really? I didn't like it, but I thought that it didn't have that same. I don't know. It didn't have the same flow as like Time Bandits or even Brazil or the huh. uh, the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus, which I thought was another good film. Yeah. It didn't have that same flow for me. It kind of slowed down a little bit, and I don't know. I I, I do own it. I you know, obviously I have to. Right. Um, but um, someone gave you the code at some point. <laughs> somebody did. Somebody gave me the digital code. Um, yeah, I would love to see that. I hope it does come out. Um, and this better be a masterwork because he's been working on this. Could we say it over a decade now? Probably more, than longer than that, right? Like that, yeah. uh, the, the documentary about his journey Lost with Johnny Depp, Lost yeah. in La Mancha, yeah. you need to see that. Uh, that is available now, by the way, if you can find it. Um, anything for you, Aaron? Anything you're looking forward to watching? Uh, the one that big, sticks out to me the most, and I'm tired of seeing the trailer because I just want to see it already, is Ready Player One. Ready Player One. Good call. Two months now, right? Good yeah. call. And not just because the DeLorean's pretty much almost the yeah, co-star. Now you're lying. <laughs> now that's why you want to yeah. watch it. I, I'm glad that Steven Spielberg's going back to a fun movie because he's been doing a lot of adult dramas. You know what? We didn't talk about yeah. that, uh, and I and 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 f- I know very well we shouldn't have. Uh, the post was a bit disappointing in my book, mm. by the way. Uh, we should have talked about that earlier. I'm planning on seeing that this week, um, this weekend. The post was a, for me was a disappointment because instead of focusing on the Pentagon Papers, they focused a lot more on the family of the owners mm. of the paper, and I thought that that's where it lost me. I really wanted to focus on the the politics and the the printing and you know the the questions about whether or not to print it. That's what I was looking forward to, and I didn't get that here. I don't know if you like the post. I had mixed feelings about the post. Um, I think it's one of the better films that Spielberg has done recently. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, comparing it to like Bridge of Spies and Lincoln and War Horse. Mm-hmm. Um, there's things about it I really like. Yeah, Mark Rylance was in it. Thank God. <laughs> so sick of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so that guy, right? Right? Why do they keep putting this guy oh, in the movies? Why? Why? <laughs> um, yeah, there's things about it I really liked a lot. But uh, like I was telling Aaron, like I feel like Spielberg has been so stodgy lately. Yeah. And and this movie, like it's the first Spielberg movie to deal with Vietnam and the Vietnam scenes are filmed like a canon movie like with Chuck Norris it's yeah, like right? shot in someone's backyard like it's yeah. like the most uninteresting Vietnam scenes right. the movie like on one hand talking about it's a pro-journalism movie in the age of fake news and it, Spielberg has made a very politically charged movie in that respect in other ways it's soft and smug the one of the final scenes Super of the movie smug. where the two biggest movie stars in the world are in this movie and they both like fold their hands right watching the newspaper press like this is this movie's so up its butt yeah yeah i uh, <laughs> completely agree completely agree with you on the post on that good for things sure. in the movie but but not a masterpiece there were good things in the movie but yeah, yeah definitely not a masterpiece doesn't compare to all the president's men it's it, it wants to be yeah yeah it wants to be totally and, inferior and, and i do here's the thing it when i say it wants to be you'll know what i mean when you watch it Spielberg um, is not Pakula, and he wants to be Ellen. Pakula, and he wants exactly, no. and he's not. <laughs> and so it felt almost felt like the post to me felt like propaganda during the age of Trump. And I didn't, and I didn't think even when I took it out of that lens, it still wasn't as good. So anyway, um, Ready Player One. What about you, Farm? Anything you're looking forward to this year? Ready Player One. Ready uh, Player One and, and uh, Black Panther are the ones I'm looking yeah. forward to. I am looking Ryan forward Coogler, to Black Panther. Yeah. Ryan Coogler can do no wrong. No, no. Um, <laughs> by the way, I, I, I am so happy that uh, 
Sylvester Stallone is directing Creed 2. I'm so he's excited. He's directing it? He's going to direct wow. it. Wow. Yep. Fantastic. And by the way, he's also said that he's back on board with Expendables 4. Which yeah. I'm super excited about, too. Yeah. He's yeah. directing Creed 2. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Creed 2. He put himself in the final fight. So. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, and by the way, it's going <laughs> to be Ivan Drago's kid. Oh wow! Yeah, it's great yeah. because it's about Marty he's got, Drago. He's got a he's got a face. <laughs> he's got a face. The son of the guy who killed his dad. It's gonna be awesome. I can't Makes wait. Sense. Well, today they just released a picture of the actor. Oh, did they? Huge. The guy's a beast. Does he look like yeah. Dolph Lundgren's spawn uh, or kind of a stretch? little bit? Not not. <laughs> he's white. Not far off. That's about it. Yeah. Like I said, for that year, if I'm not mistaken, I still think Creed. Of that Creed in that year was still the best picture of the year for me. Yeah, Creed 2015. Is pretty, yeah. Creed is it was good. It was good. Yeah, I love it. Not to get dark with this, but you know, Mr. Stallone has been accused of something really horrible recently. Yes, he was. And you know, and like in, in every dipping. one of these cases, what's that? Double dipping. Yes, in franchises, absolutely. Oh, nice. He does it all the time. <laughs> I hope this story. That, for one yeah. thing, I I, I hope to God it's not true. Yeah, and uh, he, I think he has he has issued denials about it. Matter of fact, apparently he's he said he didn't he said he didn't do it. I sure as hell hope that is true. Yeah. And they said uh, there there's no his his stance was that there's no police report about it. And apparently the other side said, well, we're going to file one. So now it's like <laughs> it's back and forth. <laughs> I hope I hope it winds up being complete and total wash. Um, I hope I so know. too. I we'll see. We'll definitely yeah. see. Uh, I am looking forward to Black Panther uh, yes. in the next few months as well. Yeah. Uh, next month, I can't wait. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm being, you know, we didn't talk about superhero movies now because we talk about them all the time on the Nerd Watch. So that was good. We kind of stayed away from it. Um, but superhero movies. But yeah, superhero <laughs> movies. I had one of my best. Which was? Uh, it was number six, Logan. Mm. Logan. Love Logan. I, I, yeah. I do as well, and for different reasons. I think Logan is a great uh, um, swan song for yeah. Mr. Hugh Jackman's performance. Logan is awesome, but I will admit, I do like the, the black and white version better. The noir version is interesting. Yeah, you, should watch the, you should watch the black and white version. There's something about that movie. That yeah, for really some reason, it just it just feels... Yeah. Yeah. Better. I think like, it, it just overall it, it just feels I don't know if it feels like more real or or but but you you tend to get drawn in more. I'll tell I don't you know what, why it, why the lack of color does that. I'll tell you what it is for me. It's it sets a different mood. So yeah. all of a sudden you realize that he's on this journey of uh essentially he's on a journey of basically death he's on this journey to to the end of his life and the black and white really kind of james mangle was right it really does something to the film and it turns it into an actual western was it always his yeah. intention that it be black and white he, well, that was his, origi- his original his original yes his oh, original okay. intention was for it to be in black and white that's what he wanted mangled wanted that it looks so good in black and white like yeah. i was i was i'd gotten the blu-ray and i fired it up and then like, we we're past the opening credits, and yeah. then I realized, oh, the movie's in black and white? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, huh, maybe I got something wrong with the disc. <laughs> Mangold does something. But it's so good. It's so right. good. Right. Yeah. It's not like, it's. you know how some people go, oh, well, you know, just turn the color off on your television. No. He doesn't do that. He does what, what, you, what you do with black and white. He sets a mood. He sets a tone. Different shots the way it's supposed the, to be yeah, shot. Yeah, like that. It feels like the angling is different. Like the the cinematography feels different. Yeah, it's in, a in very it's a very different movie. And um, to his credit, he did a great job. Like you can take the color and just 
drop all the color out of your your TV and you'll get black and white, but it's not going to be the black and white that you get from the noir version of the film. He definitely pays special attention to it in the black and white version of the film, and he makes it stand out in such a way that it's like one of the movies. I haven't watched them back-to-back or side-by-side for a comparison or anything, but you can definitely tell... like. like the the f- overall feeling of the film just yeah. just has more more gravity to it. No, oh, for sure, wow. for sure. Is it? Is could I see it on the Blu-ray or where can yeah. I find it? Yeah, yeah. Find it, on no, the yeah, yeah. it comes with it. On the Blu-ray. It comes with it. Yeah. Okay. James Mangold w- insisted that it be on the Blu-ray because that was the only way he was going to get it out. He want that's the way he wanted people to see it. Wow. So nice. same way Frank yeah. Darabont wanted the mist to be in black and white. Right. Remember that? That yes. was a big thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, check that out. Check out Logan. It's a great movie, by the way. Good pick. Uh, I really enjoyed Logan mm-hmm. as well. Uh, for me, looking forward to 2018, there are a couple of movies I'm looking forward to. Of course, Black Panther. But I'm also looking forward to Annihilation. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, the Alex, Gar- Alex Garland's second film, yeah. uh, the guy from, who did Ex Machina. Is that um, a Mortal Kombat movie? Uh, <laughs> right. No, 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 no. No, no. It stars Natalie Portman, and uh, it is it is a oh, very... Sounds terrible already. Not, and it, it does, right? <laughs> it, no, 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 you're right. It does. Oh, man. But you need to see the trailer for it. It looks... It looks very good. And she's, she's got a Sigourney Weaver Ripley thing going on. Right, with the gun and yeah. the whole night. I will say this. I am worried that is it's... Is it a sci-fi film? It yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. I am worried that it is coming out Maybe. in February. Did they but give of her course, laser swords? <laughs> it's, it, it, it's interesting. You need to see the trailer because yeah. I, I can't... It's hard for me to explain it. But the fact is is that I know that Black Panther is coming out in February. Annihilation yeah. is coming out from So February may be stronger than I'm ex- assuming it is. It would be nice. It would be very nice. So I am very much looking forward to Annihilation. Be Jordan. And then, and then of, course, uh, 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 of course, looking later into the year, we are getting, this Christmas, we are getting Episode 9 of Star Wars. Mm. Uh, and we are, are also, we getting the Han Solo? Yeah, isn't that May? Is May is Solo. Hey. Right, and so this so Christmas, right. we're already getting another Star Wars? Correct. We're supposed oh, to get crap. Star Wars. I thought it was next year. Yeah, yeah I thought we had to wait till. The, no, no, no. I, I thought that it, it, it was this year, right? Because they said they I pushed think, it. Yeah, because yeah, they pushed it from summer of 2018 to, to winter, winter 2018. 2018. Uh, so, yeah. So that's, that's. I thought they pushed it to 2019. Yeah. And then, of course, we're still getting yeah, Infinity War this year. Oh, right. yeah. Infinity War. Yeah. Yeah, wow. we're getting Infinity War this year. God, I hope it doesn't suck. <laughs> we'll see. Please don't suck. We will definitely see. Um, so anyway, guys, um, we went through. Uh, we've there's a there's a definitely a few films that we missed uh, that I would I wish we had talked about. Valerian, Valerian being one of them. <laughs> no, I'm actually uh, I'm looking forward to Mission Impossible Six. Yes, because uh, the last director, Christopher McQuarrie, is going to focus on Ethan Hunt's backstory. Hmm. And really tell who he was because he's never really done that yeah. in any of the movies except three. Three was really close with J.J. Abrams. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm telling the backstory. He's a track and field <laughs> with all the running Probably. that he does. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. he's definitely a, a, a he's a he's a motorbike enthusiast, guaranteed. Uh, yeah, I guess there's, there's Gu- guaranteed that too. that's what he is. Uh, yeah, you're right. I, I think want, yeah, a marathon runner. I'm interested to see his backstory. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, there's a film that um, that is so off the off the off the charts that I don't know who has seen it but I want to see it this apparently is going to be Danny Day-Lewis's last film which is oh, Phantom yeah. Thread Phantom Thread I, I don't even know what the movie's what? about I've seen the trailer what is it called? it's called Phantom, Phantom Thread. Thread I don't even know what the title means I'm just re- a haunted seamstress <laughs> yeah 
Apparently, he's a dressmaker who writes yeah. secret messages. Right. Or something oh, like that. Oh, in the right? Yeah. Wow, right. that's and, cool. and this is Daniel Day-Lewis's <laughs> final film, yeah, that's right? what they say. They yeah. say that this is his final film. I am... Holy crap. I, I am... If it's anything like Kill a Kill, I'm, I'm so in. <laughs> I am really looking forward to seeing this film. What? And I don't know yeah. when we're going to see it. So Phantom Thread is another film. I think, it's, I think it's opening up this Friday. I heard the 19th is it's when it's supposed it to be a, a wide release. Yeah. Yeah. Is it finally going to get a this wide release? The 19th, so. Oh, we'll okay. so we're not getting it. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> we'll never get it. Coming to Oahu. <laughs> Coming to Oahu only. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I can't wait to get those emails. Are you coming to the premiere? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, uh, listen, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure sitting here with you guys. Yeah, man. And actually been able to, do this more often, to talk and enjoy each other's uh, uh, company and enjoy each other's movie lists and not be uh, bogged down with ridiculousness. Right. Uh, <laughs> to enjoy each other's love of Valerian. <laughs> Great movie. Such a great movie. Such an <laughs> underrated. Luke Besson's masterpiece. Film. I dig that movie. I agree with the. I agree with the assessment that I would have loved the movie more if it were in French. Mm, I think I would have. Yeah. I think I would have loved the movie more if it were in French. That Valerio. That's, that's Valerio. actually how. I, that's actually how I felt about Sheep of Water. Oh, if it was a French movie. Or even Thank a Spanish movie, like yeah. in, from from. Did you get to the part where she speaks French? Because that's <laughs> well, maybe I mean, like the whole point. like the whole thing. Oh my gosh! Well, uh, anyway, folks, uh, you guys can follow us here uh, on Facebook.com/slash NerdWatch. You can follow us on Twitter at NerdWatch Nation. Follow us on Instagram at the yeah. underscore NerdWatch. You guys can follow us on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash NerdWatch and donate to the podcast as well. And, of course, yes, uh, we'll be back here every single Tuesday for more great content. We'll get back to talking about nerd stuff next week. Um, and uh, we will see Professor Barry in here, I don't know when, but soon. Probably um, this time next year. <laughs> <laughs> to talk about the best of 2018. 18. That's about right. <laughs> uh, I don't Aaron, Aaron told me about an Oscar podcast. What's that? Aaron had told me that you had. T- Aaron had told me that you had spoken oh. to him about an Oscar podcast. Yeah, so I wanted to. So, so one, maybe we can assess the winners because uh, the Academy Awards is the first week of March, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah maybe let's something do it. like first, late, late, yeah, February. Let's late February. Let's do it. Hopefully, Hopefully yeah, Hannibal Buress is on island again, <laughs> <laughs> so we can, uh, we can make that happen. All right, so uh, Aaron, where can we find you, and where can people find you? Uh, now, this is entertainment on my movie Instagram. And Facebook, just search my name, Aaron Medeiros. Fantastic. Awesome, Barry. Those two. That's um, A-R-O-N. That's yes. right, A-R-O-N. Oh, thank you. <laughs> He's not one of those A-A-Rons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Barry, uh, where, can, where, where can people follow you on your flip phone? Uh, <laughs> uh, Barry Worse. Uh, I'm on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, MauiTime.com, and on the Hawaii, Hawaii Film Critics Society.org. Oh. Wow, fantastic. Uh, you can follow me at uh, GMoney808 and on the Nerdwatch. You guys can also. Uh, hey, it's Animal <laughs> Burris. <laughs> Uh, fantastic. You guys can also go, uh, you guys can follow format as well uh, at uh, Carolina Center or uh, yeah, any or other. Come to the comic shop, buy all the things, buy all the things and the stuff. Yeah. Uh, but we are out of time. So uh, until next week, ladies and gentlemen, on Facebook Live and on the podcast, peace out, much love, and most assuredly, always stay nerdy. And uh, until next time, we say to you I think Aaron's going to be permanent. I think somebody's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>